What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of the Nolan & Company Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, September 15th, 2021. Happy National Double Cheeseburger Day, everybody. Um, had I known this was a holiday, I probably would have celebrated at lunch, but instead I had to go for tacos. Uh, yeah, probably me too, but I mean, I, I celebrate that about twice a week already, so <laughs> I don't think my digestive system is the biggest fan of this holiday. But you know what? I still go with it. Coming to you from a small Parker County town, I'm just Nolan because you can't handle the Ruth. And the man joining me from his treehouse perched above his mother's backyard. Who can do it? Mason Pruitt. Yeah, I know. Um, I, you know, I got all my bags packed up. I'm getting ready to announce where I'm going to be moving to here in a couple of weeks. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Big alert. Big, Big alert. alert. It's, been, it's been a long time coming, and... All I have left to do is clean out the bathroom, and I'm ready to go. You got a bathroom in that treehouse? Damn, that's a nicer treehouse I've ever had. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, but this place I'm going to is even nicer. You'll be jealous even more. Oh, man. Guys, it's been a crazy week in a lot of regards. Uh, but, uh, of course, that means another Texas high school football show. Uh, which that's exactly what we are, just another Texas high school football show. It seems like there are a lot out there, and we're just one of them. Uh, but don't forget to send us in your sports questions. It doesn't even have to be about Texas high school football. Just tweet us at Company Nolan. It could be about anything sports-related at all, and we'll spend a few minutes trying to tackle it on this show. Today in sports history, 1996, the Texas Rangers officially retired Nolan Ryan's number 34, making it the first number retired by the franchise. And Texas Rangers are a difficult subject right now for just about any DFW sports fan. But it's good to look back on those days. And happy 60th birthday to Dan Marino. Laces out, Dan. Yep, I'm telling you, man, one of the best to ever do it. Laces out, Dan. Laces out. All right. Well, Mason, um, you had a fairly good week. Um, I had a less than good week. Um, and we're going to dive right into that, starting with your Thursday game. Yeah. Um, with the games I've been going to, I guess you could say it was a fairly good week. But I'll tell you who had a better week was Bishop Davenport. Uh, quarterback for the Spring Lions. I mean, out of the games I've been to this year, that was probably the best single-game performance I've seen from anybody. He um, just – that spring um, offense is just – it's difficult to stop. You know, they go five wide receivers probably 70% of the time. They put their athletes in space. And it's just a difficult scheme to, um, to defend. They scored six touchdowns on their first uh, six drives. The only – the only mishap they had pretty much in the entire game was a missed extra point. So, but Bishop Davenport, I mean, 22 for 29 passing. That's over 75% of his passes. 388 yards for five touchdowns and a quarterback rating of 157. But he's a dual threat for a reason. He he carried the ball nine times for another 100, 100 yards and scored on the ground twice. So, he's just... Tom Ball Memorial tried different things. They tried a three-down lineman, and they it looked like they were in a 3-3-5. Three, three, I was in the press box. I was able to get a bit better view. Um, they went 3-3-5 three, three, at the start, and then they kind of went down to 
four defensive linemen, and you know they were pretty much playing dime the whole time. And that's what you got to do against five wide receivers. But Bishop Davenport just consistently found the open man. He made the right play. He's very precise in his reads. His footwork is really good. So I was very really impressed with him. Um, he's got some good weapons to throw to, and one of those is Travis Sims, who, if there was fantasy football in high school, he'd probably be up there and one of the guys I'd be targeting. I mean, Bishop Davenport was looking for him a lot. He caught seven passes for 155 yards and two touchdowns. So that connection, along with um, Jacoby Banks and Chris Marshall for Fort Bend Marshall, those are the two best quarterback-to-receiver connections I've seen this season. So it was just an overall really good performance from the spring lines. And that offense, that's that's every defensive coordinator that plays spring going on, they're going to have their hands full with them, that's for sure. 69-21, the Spring Lions defeat Tombaugh Memorial in that game. And and this is a spring team that's kind of come out of nowhere. Um, I, I believe they started ranked in the top 25 in 6A. And they're just, I mean, they're climbing the ladder quickly. I mean, we're only three weeks in, and you've got to be thinking about them making a regional uh, a regional final push. Yeah, and the way the, the schedule lays out, I mean, these guys, I believe they go on to play the Caney as they start district play. Um, so, I mean, that's a game that, that you're going to have to pay attention to. So district play's coming, but, you know, th- the way their schedule's set up, these guys could go undefeated in the regular season. Um, and so when, you know, come playoff time, and, you know, if, I'm sure if the head coach heard us, he'd probably be slapping us because he wants to go one week at a time. But us media, we can talk about the playoffs. They're going to be a difficult out just because – They'll just never let us back into the stadium. Yeah, but, I mean – that's a team that can consistently put up 40, 45 points a game. I mean, so far in the year, they've put up 38, 49, and 69. So um, it's difficult to stop. All right, I've got to ask you this because it's, it's, been, it's been eating me alive since last Thursday, and I, I, I finally get to make this joke on our airwaves. Um, would you say that Bishop Davenport is better than Bishop Sycamore? Yes, I would say he was he is better than the entire team himself because he is an actual player and not just some fake ideology. But, you know, I, I think the cheerleading squad at Bishop Sycamore is pretty good. I heard Monte Teo's girlfriend is the head oh, gosh. over there. Oh, gosh. All right. Had to take it a step further. Uh, and then my Thursday night game, uh, it, it – it, Thursday was a weird day for me um, for a lot of reasons, uh, which I won't go into on this show. Um, so it, it th- Thursday was just kind of this weird day for me, um, and it was just a weird game. It was 0-0 after the first quarter, which is something I don't see a lot in these games I cover between the Mesquite Skeeters and the Grand Prairie Gophers. And I, I, I mentioned this last week. How's that for a mascot battle right there? The Skeeters and the Gophers. Well, the Gophers jumped out to a uh, very a, a, a pretty quick lead. Um, shoot, if I can find my notes here, um, they jumped out to a, to a pretty quick lead in the second quarter, and then Mesquite just rattled off twenty one unanswered points, and it was uh, it was pretty much lights out from there. And then Grand Prairie uh, added one more in in the fourth, and just they couldn't make it happen, but. That quarterback for Grand Prairie, uh, Savion Red, man, I mean, he carried that team. He had Grand Prairie uh, 
going in for the game tying touchdown with less than or with just uh, over a minute to go, and he threw a he threw an unfortunate interception in the back of the end zone that. Um, you know, I'm not going to criticize the play calling, but that was the pretty dumb play call when the run game was totally, totally had Mesquite on its heels. Uh, but Grand Prairie was well within striking distance and could have easily uh, tied that game up, and it just was not to be. And then uh, quarterback Chance Edwards for Mesquite had a, a good game as well. Um, shoot, looking on my roster right here, I'm trying to find the name. Um uh, who was it? Josh Williams had Josh Williams blocked a punt and uh, took it in the end zone for a touchdown. That was another one of their scores. It, it was just a weird game all around. I don't get to go to the east side of the Metroplex a lot, and I did this one time, and um, I will say I was entertained. It was really, really weird, uh, but I was entertained. And I do think that Mesquite may make a push for that final playoff spot in their district. I know it's early to be talking about that. But, uh, you know, you never know. And it, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, these teams have some athletes. Uh, they just need to clean it up discipline-wise a little bit. But otherwise, it was a fun night for me there in uh, in western Dallas County. Uh, Mason, how about your Friday night game? And this one was a statement maker. Yeah, it was. And, um, you know, I as we talked about on the last show and just going in, I was just – very excited to see the called station offense and they didn't disappoint by all means but i walked away from that game thinking okay college station is a more balanced team than i thought they were that defense on all three levels is just fast they got fast defensive linemen they got fast linebackers and then their corners have to be track stars because i mean they're running hunting down in the in the run game their corners in the run game was probably the most impressive thing about their defense they're physical guys you know, they're very linky, um, and it's just they're built like what corners are supposed to be. But, you know, every, everyone's just going to look at their offense, and their offense played good. I think what Magnolia did very well is just limiting the big plays. College Station had to earn every score and every first down. It did not come easy for them. So, and i got to give props to Magnolia because they made life hard for CSHS. I mean, they only scored 10 points in the first half. And one of those was off of a turnover that set up a field goal right before half. So, and then the only touchdown in the first half, it was by Marquise Collins, who I'll talk about more. It came on a fourth and goal from the two. So they, they were stiff and they were stuffing the run game a little bit. Uh, Marquise Collins finished with 26 carries and 111 yards, which is only 4.3 yards a carry. And he's normally a guy who's averaging six or seven. So, I got to give props to Magnolia for that, but I, I said it on last week's episode, Jet Huff, you know, I know Mr. Efficiency is kind of a boring nickname, but, you know, that's what I'm going to call him because, again, it's just he knows where he's going. I feel like he knows where he's going with the ball before the play even starts because he's always looking at the right guy. He always throws it to the right guy, and he went 22 for 28, which is over 78% of his passes were completed for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns. He did throw one interception, which um, was honestly more of a good play by the defense than a bad play. The guy was open. Um, it's just the uh, safety made a good job of um, kind of faking he was going with this slot receiver and then went out to the outside guy. But um, Jeff Huff played a really good game. Um, and then Dalton Carnes is 
receiver for College Station, who I walked away very impressed with. Normally, he, he's a guy who kind of works in the slot. They kind of move him around a little bit. Um, but Dalton Carnes and Houston Thomas, the outside weapons for CSHS, that's a good one-two punch. He's way more of a speed guy. He's undersized, but seven receptions for 122 yards and a touchdown. So he's one of the fastest guys on the team. So it was just a good performance from CSHS. They ended up winning the game 38-10. to Their offense executed better in the second half, but I walked away pretty much, probably more impressed with the defense than the offense for CSHS. Yeah, and, and that's going to be huge, especially when we get to playoff time in that 5A Division One bracket. I mean, when you look at who they're going to have to go up against, even just to get that far into the playoffs, I mean, their, their round one matchup isn't going to be any cakewalk. I mean, whoever comes out of that other district. Um, and then, uh, you know, once you get there, then it's, okay, is it going to be Denton Ryan? Is it going to be Highland Park? You know, who, who's going mm-hmm. to come out of that other side that – is going to be the one that, that they that they face off with. And so, you know, the a strong defensive performance that they got at, against a pretty good team at a, like Magnolia, that was a statement maker. Not even – I mean, throw the points out the window almost. That was – th- that defense made a huge statement holding them to 10 points. Just 10 points. Yeah, yeah and that touchdown kind of – you know, people have mixed feelings about the saying garbage time, but – if there is such a thing as garbage time, that's when that touchdown fact mag- for Magnolia came. So, you know, I do think CSHS probably had half of their backups in on defense and Magnolia had all their starters. But, yeah, I mean, still, walking away, that defense, if they can play like that and they can remain that balanced, CSHS is definitely a team that um, are going to have the Region 2 and 5A Division 1 uh, other teams' attention. Well, I'm glad it was a good Friday night for you because it was less of one for me as the Alito Bearcats, who I am contractually obligated to cover every single week. Um, it, it was not a good week for the Arlington Heights Yellow Jackets as they had to come into Alito and face the number one uh, ranked Alito Bearcats, and they go down 64 to nothing. Uh it was just it, it okay. It was bad. It was just bad. There are no words to describe how bad it actually was. It was just bad. Um, I will say that uh, that there was one good thing that came out of this game, and that was the play of Alito wide receiver Haas Haney. He's a sophomore that just transferred in from All Saints. Actually, transferred back into Alito. He was from Alito originally. Um, something went down with another kid in the area. His parents moved into All Saints. Uh, that other kid actually ended up moving to Grandview, is what I hear. Haas moves back, and now he's a he's a, a quarterback, is what Buck tells me. And I actually, he actually got to see him play a little bit of quarterback on Friday night. And man, he just had a breakout game. He looked really, really good, both in the slot and uh, and behind the center in that Alito offensive scheme. And he's just a sophomore. I mean, you're gonna need to learn this kid's name because he's going places. Haas Haney. And I tell you what, when it's spelled out, you wouldn't think it's pronounced Haas Haney. I'll tell you that right now. It looks like it looks like House Hedgeny, but no, it's Haas Haney, and he is a Haas. He lives up to his name. Uh, so remember that name. He had a st- stellar game. Uh, actually, he's up for uh, Offensive Player of the Week for the Fort Worth Star Telegram. So uh, uh, go vote for uh, go vote for Haas Haney on uh, the Fort Worth Star Telegram. Uh, other games that went were going on in the state. Um, a lot of these we we previewed a little bit last week, uh, and, and one in particular, uh, 
you know, that this this game last year was supposed to be really was really really hyped up, and then I don't think lived up to the hype as much last year as it did this year. Katie just gets by the Dickinson Gators twenty eight to twenty one, and I think that was a lot closer than the, some of the experts thought it would be. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think I said last week too. Dickinson has weapons offensively. I mean, my bud, my good buddy Walker, who you know saw him play the week before this past Friday and he I talked to him a bit and he said I'm very impressed with Dickinson you know they got a big O line that you know gives the quarterback time and they got weapons to throw to and I knew when uh Katie's starting corner Bobby Taylor was he's out for the season he got I think he got injured in the first game I was like they're probably gonna be able to get some plays but with that Katie defense man it's just it's non-stop you got to have the explosive plays if you're going to put up points and Honestly, 21 versus Katie is probably a good day. That is a good day, and I think that's a, you know, that 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 proves that Dickinson is better than I think a lot of people thought they were, uh, and, and that's you know good for them. I mean, at the end of the day, good for them. That's all you can really say about that. Midlothian Heritage comes out with a statement win over Decatur, and I really think at this point we're now three weeks in. I've seen a few of these uh, results for Decatur. I think they're. I think it's just. I think it's a bad year. I think it's a down year. I don't think that this Decatur team is going to be the Decatur team that they have been over the past few years. Uh, which means uh, I don't have them on my notes here, but which, which probably means that Springtown uh, is is now my new favorite pick to come out of uh, District Four, Four A Division One. Uh, keep your eyes out for that. Uh, in keep staying in that same district, though, Lake Worth with a 31 to 25 win over Joshua to get their first 3-0 start in 15 years, and Joshua is denied their first 3-0 start. And dang, I don't even have that stat ready. Uh, it's been a long time, though. I can tell you that. Uh, Mansfield Timberview bounces back uh, after a couple. Uh, slow games, one loss to Arlington, Sam Houston in week two. They bounce back and uh, and just get by Flyer Mound, 41-37. Azel tops Burleson, who is off to a hot start, and that game went down to the wire. In the last seven seconds, Burleson got down to the one-yard line of Azel down by five and couldn't get into the end zone. Azel wins that one, 42-37. A&M consolidated over Converse Judson, 28-14. Mason, what do you think of that one? Man, that is that kind of shows you how much I know because that was a game that I was probably gonna go cover, and then I was like, "Oh man, they're playing Converse Judson." You know what's funny is, my mom also told me that before the season even started, apparently a couple of her students who played on the team were like, "Oh yeah, don't come to that game," because they they thought themselves that they were gonna get blown out, but to go in to uh, they played at Texas State to go in and beat a six A powerhouse by fourteen points. I'll tell you what, here in a couple weeks, I'm going to be going to Huntsville versus Consol, and that's going to be one heck of a game to determine who one of, one of those best teams in 5A D2. Yeah, we saw that game last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allen over Cedar Hill 35-16, hopefully for them starting a new home winning streak after a task to see that ended theirs uh, two weeks ago. Uh, 35-16, the Eagles beat the Longhorns. Uh, Arlington Martin, uh, wow. Arlington Martin stumbled over my words there uh, over Midland Legacy, uh, forty-three to thirty-seven. Big win for the Warriors in that one uh, after falling to uh, Lake Travis the way they did and getting the big win here. And they let, let's see if they can ride this momentum because in the next segment 
They're going to come up in one of my games to to watch out for this week. Euless Trinity over Colleyville Heritage, 30-27. to 27. Um, I don't think Colleyville Heritage, we need to hit the panic button. I think they're still just as good as we thought they were. Uh, this is a good Euless Trinity team, and they had to come back a little bit, but I don't, I'm not hitting the panic button on Colleyville Heritage just yet. And the one that shook the state probably more than, well, there were two that really shook the state in my opinion, and we'll start with this one. The Battle of the Mustangs, Spring Westfield upsets Galena Park North Shore 27 to 21. Yeah, that I didn't I send that in your I snapped that to you when that final score went final and you went, "Holy crap." Um that was just something that definitely caught the attention of the entire state and you know, that's we knew North Shore, you know, they lose a quarterback who's been starting them for 3 years. Demetrius Davis, so they got a lot of pieces that they've had to fill in, but you know, just like Colleyville Heritage, uh, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button on North Shore. I, I still think that a team going forward that can make noise in the playoffs. So, but you know, in Texas high school football, you got to bring it week to week, or else some, or else you're going to get beat. Yeah, and now you're wanting to get your eyes on Spring Westfield as soon as you can. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to add them to the list and look at their schedule. Up in uh, up in northeast Texas, Paris 31, Texarkana Pleasant Grove 14. That's a good win for the Wildcats after falling to Salina two weeks ago. Pleasant Grove, eh, don't hit the panic button yet, but I'm starting to feel iffy. I'm starting to feel iffy about the Hawks. And then the aforementioned Salina Bobcats. Um, don't hit the panic button. I'm not going to rescind any of my statements that I've made, except one that they might be able to give Carthage a battle. Um, I may rescind that one depending on, based on this game alone, but they fall to Argyle 23 to nothing, the number one team in four division one. So I don't want to take anything away from that, but the fact that they couldn't even get in the end zone, you know, that that says something to me, and so I, I Salina, you know, I've got an eyebrow raised on them. Uh, not hitting the panic button yet on the no, and I'm not taking back anything I've said about them so far. Uh, and then here's the other one: Rockwall 59, Lake Travis 35. Uh, Lake Travis makes the long trip up to Rockwall County, just east of Dallas, and they fall to the Yellow Jackets. Who this is a big statement from them. Yeah, I. I don't know whenever Rockwall and Rockwall Heath play Nolan, but I'm telling you that's that's a game if you can go to. I'd try to go to that game. That's gonna be that's gonna be a barn burner. Yeah, I I I wish I could. I, I gotta double check my schedule and just and and see what uh, see what the situation is there with that. Um, man, I just can't be sure. But uh, Braden Locke, man, I mean he he had to have had a heck of a game. Uh, to for Rockwall to put up that many points against Lake Travis, uh, I'm trying to find his stats right now, and I'm I'm coming up short on it. Uh, but then I'm gonna tease the next segment actually a little bit. I think I planned this last game of my mentions perfectly because Mason, you're gonna see both these teams this week. Austin LBJ defeated Waco La Vega 28 to seven down there in Travis County, and uh, we'll talk. Was or was that in Austin or was that in Waco? I'm not sure. Um, 
in either Travis or McLennan County. Yeah. <laughs> That's where that game went down. And uh, the state semifinalist, Austin LBJ Jaguars, uh, get, take away the win, 28-7. to uh, Mason, uh, what what were your thoughts on this past week? Anything I said? Anything I missed? No, it was just the, we hit on those big games that, you know, kind of shook up the state. And I think getting into district play, we're going to get a better feel for, you know, what – what those state title contending teams really are. Um, and obviously in 6A, when you don't know who's going in D2, D1, teams like Rockwall, Rockwall Heath, um, uh, Cedar Hill, Lake Trat, all, all those teams, it's going to be good to see how they uh, play out through districts so we can get a better feel, you know, come playoff time. When we come back, you're going to hear where we're going in week four of the Texas high school football season. So stand by. Nolan Ruth here for Woody Woods Plumbing. Folks, let's face it. We all get plumbing issues from time to time. There's no way to avoid it. Whether the problem is with your washing machine, your toilets, or your sinks, Woody Woods will be there for you whenever you need them. Since 1954, Woody Woods Plumbing has provided fast, reliable, and guaranteed plumbing service to the greater Fort Worth area. Their highly trained technicians can cover your residential and commercial needs from plumbing repairs and installations to drain cleaning, irrigation, and new water heaters. Call anytime, Monday through Friday at 817-923-5248. Once again, that's 817-923-5248. Please don't wait. Plumbing issues can get worse over time and cause further damage to your pipes. So call Woody Woods today for all your plumbing needs. We're all just under pressure, man. That's all it is. Much like Steve Sarkeesian right now, if he doesn't get a much-needed win for Texas after that Arkansas loss. Man, you lose one game at the University of Texas, and they're ready to can you. Tell me about it, man. And and how, while, while we're on it, dude, uh, do you know what happened to Haynes King, or have you heard anything about it? Because I'm a little concerned. Uh, yeah, he's out until mid-October. Um, Oof. He, let me get... He, he fractured his tibula, I believe. Oh. Um, and so, obviously, I mean, everyone knows his name from Texas high school football. But, yeah, he fractured his leg. Um, so, he's probably going to be out for five to six weeks. And um, hopefully Calzada can, you know, get it together. Because, he, I mean, a has got Alabama coming into town here October 9th, so if they don't have it figured out by then, that's going to be a long day. Yep. It, well, this is the Zach Calzada show for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, got, he's, got, he's got the keys to, keys to the Ferrari, so he needs to drive it. Uh, I should give a shout-out to uh, one, of our, um, one of our valued listeners. Uh, he's probably uh, one of our most... In, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the word enthusiastic for lack of a better term. Uh, you know, he's an old high school friend of mine. He listens to my show all the time. He's, uh, uh, you know, he's a good guy. He's a big soccer fan. And he actually tweeted at us uh, with a question of, uh, here, let me, let me pull it back up here. Got lost in my pile of notes here. What do you guys think of the United States men's national team through the first three match days of World Cup qualification? And I'm going to go ahead and tackle this because I'm not sure how much Mason can. Yeah, I I said 
if someone had to talk for my behalf, I'd probably call up my buddy Walker Law, and he could give you a, a really good description. But I'm going to have to ask you to tackle that one. And I have no problem with it. What I will say is that it really hurt uh, with the rule, and I'm still unclear on who came up with the rule, but a lot of our international players who are playing in Europe right now uh, could not come and join the team. Um, I'm unclear on whether that's a, a UEFA rule, if that's if that goes by the domestic leagues, or if that is... Um, per the clubs, I have no idea, uh, but uh, I will say it was kind of bad when we had a draw with El Salvador. Uh, it was kind of bad when we had a draw with Canada, um, and then the four to the four to one win over Honduras um, that has put us in an okay spot. But I, I'm not gonna lie, I've been pretty dis- I was pretty disappointed with those first uh, those first two matchups. And then uh, I believe we have Jamaica on October 7th. And then Panama on the 10th and Costa Rica on the 13th. And that'll be it for the month of October. But, uh, yeah, we don't have a lot of time left uh, for these for these qualifiers. Um, you know, I, now it, it, it has just started. Uh, but based on what I've seen so far, uh, we need our players from Europe or something has to change. Um Thankfully, we have uh, another game with Canada, another game with El Salvador. Hopefully, we can settle the score there with those two teams. Um, Mexi- obviously, the game with Mexico, if we don't get our uh, our players in Europe back for that one, I've got a bad feeling about that one. Um, we've got Jamaica, Panama, and Costa Rica coming up. Uh, and then uh, and then you just repeat the schedule. Um, but we need to see something different, uh, and I'm hoping we can get our uh, players from Europe back. Uh, and so that that that's my thoughts on the U.S. men's national team right now. I would love to see us do better, but something's got to change first. Uh, thanks for the question, Daniel. Uh, anyone else listen to this uh, show? Remember, you can just tweet us uh, your questions at Company Nolan. We'll try to tackle it as best as we po- uh, possibly can. Could be about anything sports related at all. Could be a hypothetical. Could be a uh, who is your favorite. It could be a who is your least favorite. Something like that. Um, just send us in your sports questions. We'll tackle them as best we can. Moving back into the Texas high school football world now, uh, it is time for us to reveal our schedules. And Mason, you go first as always. Where will you be this week, week four of the Texas high school football season? Yeah, I'm hoping if these games, both Thursday and Friday, are not games that are like close in the fourth quarter, I don't think I'm ever going to get one throughout the season. I've had somewhat of a rough start. But this Thursday, I'm going to be going to see Austin LBJ against Liberty Hill, which those are two teams who were literally one play away from a state championship. Um, Austin LBJ had that game, and I was at I was at both their state semifinals. Austin LBJ had that game won against Lindell. They were up 28-7. to They had all the momentum. Uh, you know, a botched fumble re- uh, punt return. Sets up Lindale in good field position. And then all of a sudden, Lindale wins the game on a last-second field goal with one of the most insane comebacks I've seen in the state high school playoffs. And then Liberty Hill and that wishbone scheme, which if you if you guys haven't seen Liberty Hill play, you got to go see them. If, if you love old-school football, this will take you back because I was looking at their season stats. And Nolan, 
how many passes have they attempted on the season? Uh, well, I mean, we discussed this in the break, so I already know the answer. But to humor the to humor the listeners, I'm just going to say I don't know, Mason. How many passes have they attempted? They've passed. They've attempted one one pass on the season, and it was incomplete. So, just <laughs> completions on the season is you and I have had you and I have the same amount of completions than Liberty Hill does. So. <laughs> Oh man, that's a good joke they there. Ha- they have they haven't changed. I mean, they played Crosby last year in the state semifinals, and they were, you know, they would have scored that two point conversion to go to state championship if the handoff was clean. Because I'll tell you, what, I was in that end zone, and that hole was there. Uh, it was a it was one of those counter plays where they have the guard and the fullback, you know, pull, and it was Crosby just totally slammed it the wrong way and. The, they they would have ended up playing um, Alito. What, yep. Yeah, Crosby. Yeah, it would have been Liberty Hill versus Alito, which uh, I still think Alito would have won that game. But Noah Long is the main carrier for Liberty Hill, main rusher. He had 16 carries last week for 195 yards, so very efficient. Um, but Austin LBJ is it's it's funny that they know what's coming. But at the same time, they don't know what's coming because you know they can do counters, they can do dives, they can do off tackle stuff. So it's a hard I mean, offense to prepare for down there in Liberty Hill, and if you don't prepare for yeah. it well, you're going to get run over. But I, we all know Austin LBJ has the athletes on defense to defend that to defend that offense. They're not going to get out. They could. They. It's very easy to get out schemed versus Liberty Hill, but they're not going to get out like athlete. Like they got big, strong, fast guys on defense, so and they return they return a good amount of their production from last year, so that's going to be a really good game to watch. And then, do you want me to go Friday or just Thursday? Uh, how do we usually do this? Yeah, go Friday. Go Friday. Reveal your whole schedule. All right. Well, Friday is going to be an, a game between a state champion and Argyle versus La Vega, which should be a shootout. If this if both teams don't score over, you know. 20, 30 points. I'm going to be pretty frustrated. I'm expecting to see some fireworks here because um, we all know Argyle, you know, I'm expecting probably a 50-yard bomb on the first play. That, that just seems what they do. Um, they got a new quarterback, Jacob Robinson, but he's filled in just fine from last year's state championship team. Uh, Knox Scoggins is a really good rusher for them after losing what Tito Bice. Yep. Uh, he was their main man last year. So, you know, they got plenty of weapons over there in Argyle. They got I believe they're brothers, Hayden and Lane Stewart at wide receiver. So, a bunch of fast guys on the field, and it's they do that. They spread them out, kind of like Spring does. They won't go five wide receiver set, but they, you know, it's it's the air raid spread, and it's difficult to stop. As you know, you've seen them a lot too. All right, I'm hitting the prediction horn. Um, Argyle looks very different offensively this year, uh, way more so than they have in the past few years. They're not going to air it out as much as they did last year with last year's state championship team. They didn't bring a lot of those quick guys in the receiving core back. Um, they, they be, they're, but they're very powerful. They're, they're going to run the ball a lot more, I have a feeling. However, prediction time. Argyle, if, they, if Argyle receives the opening kickoff, the first play from scrimmage is going to be a deep pass. Eh. That's what you told me 
as we were driving to the state championship game at AT&T Stadium, and you know what? That's exactly what they did. It was That's exactly nine what Todd Rogers did. That's exactly what he's going to do again. He wants to send the message, especially if he knows he can complete it. And if they don't complete it on first down, he's going to try it again on second down. And then he's going to probably but, run the ball on third down if he doesn't get it on the second down. But that's what they're going to have to do because Waco La Vega on offense, they got firepower too, and they can put up points. They've put up 51 and 65. for You know, Austin LBJ did a good job against them. They only, uh, what did you say, 28-7 was the final score? Yeah, 28-7. Yeah, so I mean they only put up seven points last week, but the two weeks before it was fifty-one and sixty-five. So they, Argyle is going in knowing that they can put up points. So there should be some serious fireworks this Friday night. For me, I had to call my first audible of the season um, last week. I didn't end up making it to Dallas Madison against Dallas Lincoln for um, two main reasons, and I won't go into either one of them. Um, but it is apparent I may never get into Dallas ISD. Um, <laughs> number two uh, was a personal reason. Um, and so I ended up not going to that game Saturday, but I did not replace that game. So I'm not ca- counting that one as an audible. I am finding a replacement. My originally scheduled Thursday game this week was going to be Rallette against South Garland at uh, Homer B. Johnson Stadium there in Garland. And um, let me just tell you, these, those two teams are awful. Uh, they are comp- just, just terrible. And I was going to try to make it out there um, just just to see the game, you know, just for the experience. I've never been to, uh, I've never been to Garland. Um, I, I've only seen South Garland once when I was a kid because it's my dad's alma mater. Um, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen Rowlett. Uh, and so I, I, I was going to go just to the experience. And Garland ISD never got back to me. Uh, so thanks to the wonderful people at Northwest ISD, uh, up thir- uh, just up I-35 from Fort Worth, uh, I am now going to watch the Byron Nelson Bobcats uh, take on the McKinney Boyd Broncos. And, and I'll be honest, this one may be more well-rounded because I might be watching two playoff football teams in this game. Uh, oh, shoot. Hang on. Byron, okay, sorry. Byron Nelson is favored by five so this one may be a closer game and it might be i mean shoot i might be having a good game here uh uh up in the northern territory is that in denton county i i gotta stop playing the county game uh but i I think it should be a good game uh i've seen both teams before i know what they're capable of i know what they like to do uh joe mcbride there mckinney boyd um he's got a lot of talent defensively um especially in the secondary peyton shaw and Trey Collins, uh, and then uh, Jimmy Fex and Ethan uh, Wislowski. Uh, they're at linebacker. Uh, it, it's going to be a tough, tough Boyd Bronco defense uh, for Byron Nelson to go up against. And uh, Byron Nelson, on the other hand, Travis Pride at head coach. So they're bringing back six players. They're bringing back over half uh, half their starters on both sides of the ball. Uh, a lot of that is in their speed, uh, is in their skill positions on the offensive side of the ball. And then junior Jake Wilson, who I don't think I got to see last year play a quarterback. I'm excited to see how he does because uh, they've got a lot returning on receiver and at running back um, there at the, with uh, – losing my words – for the Bobcats, rather. Uh, so that one should be a good game. 
Friday night, it should be a little bit better than it was last week. Alito at Burleson. Uh, Burleson has gotten off to a really, really hot start. They got down to the one-yard line and could have easily won that game against Azel last week. They just came up one yard short as time expired. Uh, and, and this one, I think, could be a, an early district championship. I think this may end up being uh, the game. Uh, Mansfield-Timberview is down. Uh, we knew that. We see that. Um, I don't want to take credit away from Arlington Sam Houston, who beat Timberview a couple weeks ago, because they're starting to look really strong now, and they've got Keller Central this week, I think. And so keep your eyes on that one. But uh, this is the game in District 5, 5A Division 2. Um, and I think I, I think Alito's still the favorite. Uh, I think they're favored by 21. I don't I don't see how it doesn't end up that way unless someone gets severely hurt for Alito. Um, but, you know, John Kitna has done a really, really good job as head coach of the Burleson Elks, and, uh, you know, he's gotten them into a good position. I think they'll be uh, one scary playoff team when the time comes, um, but right now it's uh, it's going to be – it's got to be the Alito show, and, and someone, someone's someone ch- got to force me to change my mind on that, and I don't think Burleson's a team to do that. And then Saturday it's another – it's iffy again. Um, I may need to change this game, and if I do, it'll be tomorrow, and I will let everybody know on Twitter – but my plan is to go to the Woodlands, uh, north side of Houston, up I-45, uh, and watch the College Park Cavaliers take on the Klein Bearcats. Uh, I, I know a little bit about Klein and the scheme they run and uh, the program they have down there. I know nothing about College Park, uh, so I'm excited to, to go down out of my comfort zone, more into your area, Mason, and to see these two teams play, because I think they might also be playoff teams uh, when when uh, November rolls around. Yeah, um, that's definitely a good one. And also, I, I believe the game is occurring in the Woodlands, too. I mean, Woodlands High School is playing Katie this weekend. Um, so both Woodlands teams got you know some good matchups this Friday night, or this weekend. Yeah, it should be interesting. I may have to change that one. Uh, I may have to end up going to Katie, uh, whose uh, coaching staff love us at Nolan & Company Sports. Um, so if, if I if I end up changing it tomorrow, I will let you all know. I'll, I'll call co- give uh, Coach Green a call down there. Um, but I'm hoping to get to Klein at the Woodlands College Park and uh, and watch that great game at a great stadium. If you've, if you've never been to Wood Forest Bank Stadium, it's a pretty nice facility. Uh, it's, it's really, really cool. I'm looking forward to it. To it. Other action around the state. Uh, we've already mentioned Austin LBJ and Liberty Hill, but if I can interest you in a little bit of six-man, uh, we've got Lake uh, Lakey at Rankin. Um, these are two top teams in six-man right now. Uh, I, I expect Rankin to come out on top, but uh, this is the this I think this is the six-man game of the week, uh, and so keep your eyes on that one. Uh, Northwest Eaton at Denton Braswell. Two teams in their respective districts, I think, will be duking it out for that final playoff spot in uh, their respective districts. Uh, keep keep a close eye on that one there in Denton. And then uh, how about the, the big one? At Apogee Stadium, they, this game is so big, they had to rent out a college facility. Umbula Tascacita is coming back up to the Metroplex to take on the Denton Guy or Wildcats. And man, if I didn't have to be in Burleson, I would be at Apogee. We know the last time that uh, Tostito came up to DFW, so that's a game that, you know, didn't, both those teams are coming off uh, a couple weeks ago uh, pretty good wins and be, 
Atasacita beating Allen and Denton Geyer beating Denton Ryan. So that's definitely the game of game of the week that everyone's going to be paying attention to. Um, that's definitely the game of the week. But the next three, I think, are going to be uh, uh, going to be eyebrow raisers. Uh, how about Arlington Martin at South Lake Carroll? Martin yeah. uh, takes a bit of a big bitter loss to Lake Travis. South Lake Carroll survives against Rockwall Heath. You know, six A is kind of up in the air at the moment. You know, I mean, aside from uh, you know, aside from our clear favorite in Austin Westlake, but everything else is kind of just whoa, what's happening here? We're gonna we have to we're kind of having to watch it all play out. Yeah, and um, I'm guessing that one of the games that you're also about to talk about is Duncanville and Desoto this weekend. That was the very next game on the list, actually. Oh, man, I'm good, aren't I? <laughs> you are. Yeah, yeah. You're not good at. You're not that good at picking your own games to go to, though. Uh, <laughs> if I lived in the DFW area, I think I'd be pretty good. You would be. You would be. This is a game. It's two very fast teams. Two very uh, high flying teams. Uh, Duncanville eliminated DeSoto from the playoffs uh, last year at. Uh, Globe, uh, formerly Globe Life Park, was now Choctaw Stadium. I was at that game. Uh, man, that was a cold, cold night, too. Um, so this, th- these two teams know a lot about each other. Reginald Samples, uh, I think, has the edge over Claude Mathis as far as a coaching standpoint goes. Uh, but this is this has turned into a pretty good rivalry, and I think Duncanville, um, D- you know, Duncanville just has those pieces that, that they reload with. And Reginald Samples is just too good a coach. Uh, I think Duncanville is going to end up walking away with a win. Uh, out of DeSoto. And then, uh, how about this one? Rockwall at Highland Park. Rockwall coming off the big win against Lake Travis. And Highland Park not looking like Highland Park as much this year. I don't know about this one, man. Yeah, but here's the thing. Highland Park not looking like Highland Park still means that they're state title contenders just because of the expectation that's put in place and how good of a program they are. But, you know, we talked about uh, if – Rockwall's caught sleeping, looking ahead to playing their rival Rockwall Heath next week. Um, on that, I do. I just looked it up. They do play Rockwall Hall on September twenty fourth. They if they get caught sleepwalking here, Highland Park's going to take advantage of that, and they could win that game. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Not to mention that you don't just walk into uh, to Highlander Stadium there and, and beat the mm-hmm. Scots on their own. You know, at at home. You know. Yeah, that, that's a that's a tall ass that. Um, that to go into that, that stadium and come away with a win. It does not come easy no matter who you are. That has happened once in my life that someone went that another team went into Highlander Stadium and walked out with a win and I was at the game. It was a it was uh Frisco Lone Star beating Highland Park. I I believe that game I want to say 31 to 14 something in that area 41-16. It was a kind of a weird score. Uh, but yeah, I I was there the the only time in my lifetime Highland Park has lost at home. I was there, and so yeah, this is is it's going to be a tall task for Rockwell to to go into uh, University Park there in north of Dallas and and come away with a win. Uh, Mason, can I interest you in a little bit of small school action? Man, I'll tell you what, you can always do it. you can always do that. That's kind of you you specialize in that along with a lot of other things. Well, you have a pretty good scheme battle this week in Austin LBJ against Liberty Hill. Here's another scheme battle for you. We got West Orange Stark, who runs that weird wing T style of offense, taking on Newton, who is 
athlete-based, very high-flying for a 3A school. And these are two top 10 teams in their respective divisions. Um, actually, are they in the same division? I think... I, you know what? Actually, I don't think they are. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think Newton is 3A Division One. West Orange Stark is... Oh, yeah, West Orange Stark is 4A Division Two. Okay. Um, but regardless, this is going to be one heck of a matchup based on scheme, you know? It's 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 gonna be one of those yeah let's get weird matchups you know you're gonna see a lot of crazy things that you don't usually see at at a at a football game uh, between these two teams just because those schemes make such a big fight um, you know I truly believe that's what we can expect uh, as the Mustangs travel to take on Newton uh, and then Gunner at Pilot Point uh, Ish Harris is. Has is really the playmaker for Pilot Point. They have the guy this year, and I think I said it in our preview show. You know, Pilot Point has their guy this year. Uh, he's an Aggie commit, Mason. I know you're learning a lot more about him as the season goes on. And they, this game is at Massey Stadium in Pilot Point, and you know, taking on Ish Harris and the Pilot Point Bearcats at home. Um, you know, I know this is Gunner. This is Gunner, but. You don't just walk out of Massey Stadium with a win either. I mean, I think this is going to be a very high-flying matchup in, in the 3A ranks. Yeah, I mean, Ish Harris is a guy who plays running back, but he's also committed to a, a D1 school in Texas and played linebacker. So that speaks volumes to the kind of athlete that he is and what they do, and they put him in different places so that they can succeed. So that's going to be diff- That's just another, um, like you said, it's difficult to go in there and get a, get a win as well. A good coaching matchup in uh, the northern part of the Metroplex, uh, up I, uh, not I-75, uh, up State Highway 75. Uh, the Midlothian Heritage Jaguars are heading up to Melissa to take on the Cardinals. Coach Lee Wington and his Jaguars, I know a lot about that team. Uh, they're, they're the opposite of what Midlothian High is. Midlothian High is old Georgia Tech-style triple, off it, uh, tri- triple option offense. Uh, Midlothian Heritage is not. Midlothian Heritage likes to throw the ball. They like to. They're a very multiple offense. So when when you hear Midlothian, don't don't just think of the Panthers and that weird weird offense. No, Midlothian Heritage. They like to mix it up. And then Coach Matt Nally and the Melissa Cardinals got to see them last year. Coach is a very good guy. Um, that he's got he he had a pretty good year with his Cardinals last year. Um, and, and I think that the expectations are there again in Melissa for that team. Uh, and so that one should be a good one uh, between the Jaguars and the Cardinals. Cisco at Jim Ned. Uh, this one is is in the very small school ranks. I think this one's going to be a good one. Xavier Wishart has been dominant all season so far, and Cisco has has that team that Cisco used to have back in back in the day. Um, you know they've got that old style of Cisco team, and so this one I think it, you know obviously Jim Ned's got to be a clear favorite here. But uh, I think the two-way Cisco Lobos might be in there, may, might be able to go in there and uh, push them around a bit. And I'll wrap it up in East Texas as we've got a good battle between Kilgore and Gladewater. And Gladewater, I think. Let me pause here real quick and remind you that our show is brought to you by Woody Woods Plumbing. If you're in Fort Worth and you need your plumbing worked on, call Woody Woods. Okay, yeah, so there, so Gladewater is coming off a win uh, against center. It was a very close win. Uh, 
and but an impressive win regardless. And they're number ranked number five in three A Division one right now. Kilgore, on the other hand, Kilgore is the team that has the tradition. They've got the history. They've got a great coaching staff. They beat Nacogdoches. They beat Hallsville. They took kind of a bad loss to Longview Pine Tree this past week. Um, but I will tell you, man, they, they had a very good season last year. Ended up as regional finalists. Uh, they lost a lot of start uh, uh, last year's starters, but they're very young and very quick. And I expect, in, uh, I expect them to have a good game against Gladewater uh, because if there's one thing Gladewater struggles with, it, it, it's when you can beat them in speed. And, and Kilgore, I, I think, has the ability to do that. Um, I'm not saying they will. I'm taking Gladewater. But regardless, uh, this, this one will be close. Um, I, I think this will be a one-score game, so keep your eyes on that one out in East Texas. Mason, any final thoughts before we head on into week four of the Texas high school football season? I guess nothing football-wise, but, I mean, I don't I don't know if you want me to go here, but a little, I guess not life-changing, but just a um, scary moment happened. I, I don't know if you know this, but um, my girlfriend got hit. By a car, uh, I mean, she got she was in a car accident. She get hit by a car. She was in a car accident going 50 miles per hour because the girl thought she could turn left on a yield when there was absolutely no opening at all. So just Oof. life. It was just a a scary 30 seconds as I was in the car behind Hadley, and I didn't know for 30 seconds if she was all right or not until I uh, finally pulled over and was able to see her. So just hug your loved ones extra tight this week. Well, prayers for her and for you. Uh, after that scary incident, our thoughts are with Mason and Hadley down there in College Station. Guys, that's going to do it for us. Like Mason said, hug your loved ones a little uh, a little tighter this week. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's tough. But, guys, so you can smile. Uh, it, it is Texas high school football season. It's week four. We've, we released our schedules. Mason just released his on Twitter. I will officially release mine tomorrow when I get everything nice and official. Guys, tweet us your sports questions at Company Nolan, and uh, we'll answer them as best we can like our buddy Daniel did today. So tweet those questions in because I just proved today that we'll answer them. Guys, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Love you guys.